Welcome to the Mind of the Fans podcast. Your go-to show for all things Premier League football. Join host David and Spy every week as they dissect the best and worst moments from each match. Delivering insightful analysis and engaging discussions from intense rivalries to top-notch performances. They've got you covered, but it doesn't stop there. Stay tuned for updates on major European games and breaking news. Get ready for an unforgettable football experience on the Mind of the Fans podcast. Let the games begin. Hello, everyone. We're so glad you could join us on another episode of Mind of the Fans podcast, the show we discuss all things football. Yes, we love football so much. I'm David and he's Spy. Spy, how are you doing this amazing week? You said it very well. This week is amazing. And I am amazing. How are you, David? I am very amazing. Amazing week. Amazing day. I mean, other than the cold, though. The cold is what's killing it, but no, absolutely love it. Even better. Nah, I really do not like the cold. I mean, I've been here like three years now and the cold is still gets me every time you know mate the code is my second name i love i'm in shorts right now literally i love the code i don't know how you do it though <sighs> it's my you that keeps me going okay I, I don't know what that means but okay we move on as usual we have to start by saying thank you guys for all your support thank you guys for all your love we can't really be doing this without you guys so thank you guys for all for listening for liking for sharing Liking all our Instagram posts, viewing all our TikToks, you know, all our shots. We really appreciate it. So thank you guys so much. We'll keep bringing you guys amazing stuff. So thank you. Thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Spy. As usual, keep up the good work, lads. Keep up the good work. Yes, sir. Let's move on to what we have for you guys this week. So what do we have for you guys this week? Well, nothing really much other than, you know, the usuals dissecting another amazing weekend of Premier League football. Very, very amazing. From late goals to back-to-back wins for some teams, you know, to long-awaited victories for some other teams. Very not, not, not appealing long-awaited wins. But football is football. Deflections are deflections. But carry on, please. And then also the draws. We had a, a period of just draws. So this weekend had it all precisely. So don't you agree, Spy? Oh, I agree. Ups and downs and middles. And middles, yeah, definitely. So where do you want to start from? Should we start with your predictions or should we start with the actual scorelines? Where do you want to kick off? As usual, start with the predictions. So Spice predictions. Looting Town Spurs. Spy went 4-1 to Spurs. There's grace will be hearing from Spurs. There's grace. Fulham Sheffield. Spy went 2-0 to Sheffield. It's, that, that is... That is Honestly, I don't know why I said that. I thought Sheffield was something, but I'm wrong. Bully Chelsea. Spy went for Chelsea 1-0. United Brentford, Spy went for United 3 1. Everton Bournemouth, he went for Bournemouth 2 1. Wow. I don't know how he did that though, but I, I mean, when I heard, when I, you know, last week when I heard you saying all this, I was just like, okay. No, honestly, because Bournemouth, they always find a way to score big teams. And then I say, okay, they're playing a team on their level, they should be comfortable. But instead, Dominic Solanke, he decided to ghost. For the bidding, he decided to disappear. I don't, I don't understand. Okay, okay, I guess. Palace Forest. Spy went for Forest 1-0. Actually, also, so that's one I, I agreed to a bit because I saw, I thought Forest were, you know, on a high and just rising ball. Brighton, Liverpool. 
Two two. You went for a draw. Two two. West Ham Newcastle. Hold on. Did I actually say two two? We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to that in a minute. West Ham Newcastle. We went for Newcastle one nil. Wolves Villa. You went for three one to Villa. And then my favorite. Oh, I just I love it when you get it. Like this is the second time you have gotten it wrong. Same scoreline. You always went. You went for the same scoreline. Remember last com- the committee shield. You were like City will beat Arsenal two one. Ma 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 ma. Today. Well, not just, sorry, last week, you went again, City beating Arsenal 2-1. And as we know... Like I said before we started this scoreline, deflections are deflections. But carry on. Okay, yeah, let's carry on, shall we? This, the scoreline for this week, let me say... Actual scorelines, yeah. Actual scorelines for game week eight. Kicked off at Spurs, Liverpool, um, Spurs Little in town. Spurs won that 1-0. Yeah. Chelsea Burnley, Chelsea surprisingly scored four goals and won four one. Everton Bournemouth, Everton cruised and won three 0 Fulham Sheffield United, Fulham won three one. Manchester United Brentford, Scott McTominay won two one. So Crystal Palace Nottingham Forest, that's where all the ties began. So that was a nil nil draw. Went on to Sunday, Brighton Liverpool, two all draw. West Ham Newcastle, two all draw. Wolverhampton Aston Villa, one all draw. And of course. The one that David is smiling for, so I can say it out. Arsenal, Manchester City, deflection, 1-0. So let's kick off with our usuals. Obviously, we'll have a for every game, we'll have a question from it. And we'll also have a, the player of the game, Spice player of the game. So let's kick off with that, shall we? Yes, please. Lovely. So obviously, Spurs, starting with Spurs, Spurs edging past Luton, the 1-0 victory. My question from the game is... And of I actually no, I have two questions from this. My first question is from the game. Did you see that game ending zero zero? Did you think Luton could have snatched it? Honestly, let me be so real with you right now. I had so much faith in Tottenham against Luton Town that I did not even watch that match. I saw the highlights, yeah, but not watch the game. But from what I what I saw from the highlights, Tottenham, what 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 is going on? That should be a comfortable victory for them. That should have been at least maybe four one. But oh, it's Tottenham. What what can you expect? They play safe. They don't risk it all. They just play for I don't know. Tottenham fans, he lot tell me how you lot play. So indirectly, you underestimated Luton. I will not call it underestimating. I'll call it ex- based on previous results. Good. So I'll say what we expected to see was a cruise from Spurs. But Luton did have a chance to actually clinch the game. You know, they had like like, like minutes before the goal, they had like a clear cut chance and they missed it. Like I said, they need signings. If they had their signings, I don't think they'll be missing chances like that. But then, but then you know, Bisuma also got his yellow card. Sorry, the red card. I don't know how Luton couldn't capitalize on that. Though. Because like I said, they are not a Premier League club. They're still getting used to the environment. They're still getting used. Premier League teams, they can play with two men down. Premier League teams, they expect the worst. And Luton, they're still getting used to this atmosphere. So once you're a man down, if your fans are not making the opponents notice that they are a man down, then I'm sorry, you need to sit up by either open your fan, your fan base or buying new players. Because fact about it is that the fans do affect the game of football. So yeah, many definitely. Players, we've had players, we've had managers say, once you go into Anfield, whatever you've practiced, it just leaves your head because you feel like you're in the wrong place. And that's why I rate Ateta for making Liverpool, um, Arsenal players train under the you never walk along anthem. 
which was funny, but if you think about deep into it, he has a lot of turns to it. Yeah, def- definitely. You don't remember when everyone was entering him on social media because of that that thing they were like oh and then they still end up then they still ended up losing but then there's a mindset to it yeah he's building a character the character must not show immediately but at the end of the day every building has its start and finish so right now he has started it and we're seeing the finished results exactly and we'll talk we'll talk about us now in a minute but then as i said so looting actually did have a chance i mean maybe i'm not saying they could have won the game with that chance but they had a clear cut chance, like on the forty seventh minute, because Spurs scored on the fifty second, the fifty second minute. They had a chance on at the forty seventh minute, and the guy blasted it wide. You would have finished it comfortably. That's crazy. Life life. That's crazy. I believe that though. No, I actually believe that. No sarcasm. I believe that. Yes. No mighty. So my second question, obviously, from this game is: right now, Spurs are top of the table. Do you see them? And I think I asked this question last week. Do you see them actually? staying top or keeping up this momentum that they have once they have what i call the premier league fixtures whatever idea they have will have to change i mean technically they have played arsenal they have played liverpool they have played united so i mean it's just city chelsea this list, what don't put united in that list well no no like united is a big six team so not not right now sorry not right now so you, you don't think they can keep it up? Who? United? No, Spurs. Spurs. No, Spurs. Um, oh, next week, they've got Fulham. No, not next week. This weekend, they've got Fulham. Actually, next week. They've got Fulham. They've got Palace. The fixtures are looking quite comfortable for them. But looking at the fact that they struggled against Luton, I don't I mean, think away from home, though. It was away from home. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. If they struggled, Luton's fan base is not like, oh, I don't know, but you struggled against Luton with the quality of players you have. I don't think they will have an easy game against Fulham. I would like to see it because Fulham is like the last two seasons Wolverhampton. You know how Wolverhampton was? When they say a big team, that's when their players decide to become Prime Messi and Prime Ronaldo. Yeah, I remember that season. Yeah. So... Fulham, they have the capability of doing it. And I'd like to see that game. Yeah. So, let's leave Spurs. Let's go to another London team. Chelsea, Burnley. Obviously, Chelsea beating Burnley 4-1. What stood... I I don't know if you watched the game, but what stood out for you on that game? What stood out for me is that we saw two things happen. We saw Prime Hazard. Sterling. I assume that is Sterling. Yes. Prime Hazard in the spirit. And we saw a comfortable... Champions League, sorry, treble winning player in the squad that really and truly helped organize that Chelsea team. And I'm assuming that's Cole Palmer. Very good. If okay. you see Cole Palmer, he took just two touches of the ball and Chelsea were in from his own half. That is what you call learning from the master Pep Guardiola. Yeah. He, received, I mean, he received the ball from a goal kick, took a touch, and took a touch out, played the pass. Chelsea were in five on, five on three. That yeah. is brilliant from that left-footed young... Oh, my. He's a brilliant player. He is. I mean, technically, right, if you look at Chelsea's team, in terms of trophy-wise, experience in terms of trophy-wise, other than Sterling and Thiago Silva, there's no other person that has won or has been under that environment of winning. Do you know what I mean? Other than Cole Palmer. No, I, I don't understand what you mean because they have the lives of Enzo Fernandez. No, 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 that's what I'm, I mean. Okay, Enzo too. Enzo has won the World Cup, obviously. I forgot Enzo. 
But like in terms of players that have been in an environment where they are literally going for trophies and they are in on the verge of winning trophies and they have won trophies, it's just Enzo Sterling and um Thiago Silva. Other than that, he's then the next person. And I think when you look at the rest of them, he has more than all of them considering he has won the treble. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. So I think that's probably, he brings that experience there too. Oh, he, has that, he has that long-time chemistry with Sterling as well. Exactly, yeah. And obviously, just to even talk up, just to pause for a minute and just congratulate congratulate Hazard, you know, the actual Hazard. Um, He announced his retirement earlier this week. What a career he had. So just to take a break and just acknowledge that for a minute yeah anyways back to Chelsea, the current Chelsea team Sterling obviously Sterling had an amazing game four country four goal coach he was well, I don't say four goal contributions but he was involved in all four of Chelsea's goals so that was really yes, good so himself. exactly too so that was a really good performance I don't know if he was pissed about being dropped last week and he was like you know what I'm going to show you why I can why I'm the most experienced on this team in terms of the Premier League and what I've done in Premier League. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, kudos to Chelsea though. Kudos to Chelsea. Back-to-back wins since March. My question now from this game is, at Chelsea, is this their turning point? No. It's just Why do you say no? It's just stepping stone. Yeah, what? Stepping stone. Stepping stone, okay. Stepping stone, okay. Why? Why, 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 yeah. Why? Fixtures are not something to not expect a Chelsea side to win. Okay, a Chelsea side has been going through something, but yeah, you still expect them to win it. But the, mean, fact yeah. that, the fact that they won it comfortably, the past two games, 2-0 and 4-1 now, I think, uh, yeah, it's a big stepping stool for them. And it depends on the players and the coaches to use that stepping stool to either carry on forward or to use the stepping stool and come down from it. Their next seven fixtures are not the best, though. Exactly. Next week, they've got Arsenal. Then they got Brentford, then the Carabao, the Carabao Cup. We'll leave that aside. But then they have they have Spurs, then they have City, then they have Newcastle, then they have Brighton, then they have United. Like it's just back to back to back, not so good games. But at the end of the day, there's a saying: "Through the storm comes light." After that storm, they have a walkover of fixtures that they can bag as much points as possible. And hopefully they do bag those points though. But those games are not... Oh my... I actually, I'm just looking at it now and I'm like, what is wrong with these Premier League people? Why are you certificate? This is, this is... This is a crime. What's this? It's now Brentford. It's very so, I love it. I love it so much. It makes, no. it makes the game weeks interesting. You always have that game to look up to, you know? So out of 21 points, how many, how many do you think they can get from that? Honestly, if they keep playing the way they play, they can get at least nine. Okay, so let's say let's say they beat they beat Brentford. They lose to Arsenal. They beat Brentford. Okay, they win Arsenal. They beat Brentford. Um, they win Newcastle. I don't know though, but I I still believe they would do something good this season. So we'll see. Yeah, they start off by winning Arsenal next week for the whole world to see that deflections don't always deflect. But uh, yeah. Okay, spy. Whatever you say. Let's move on to. Another interesting game. I will call it this. This was really interesting. United Brentford. That was really interesting, though. I mean, I saw the L staring at United. I saw Ten Hag order serious pressure, but then came McClutch. Scott McTominay came and just bagged two late goals. 
90 plus 4, 90 plus 7, if I remember correctly. Everyone is still forgetting the Maguire assist. Come on, give that brother some credit. I mean, obviously, that he did that he did have a good game, though. I mean, I can't really say pick anything out of what Maguire did. I'll say, oh, he messed up here. Oh, he messed up. He did have a good game. I, I really don't get why people give him this thing for it, though. Like, because he's Maguire. I don't know. It's not fair, though. He receives a lot of criticism. But away from, let's leave Maguire, let's focus on the team now. Obviously, the first goal, Onana and his usuals. We call it usuals because he has been doing it now on a regular basis. My question is, from this game is, is this win now a turning point for Ten Hag and United? Or are we still going to see not so amazing performances, not so amazing results, things like that? 100% we're still going to see rubbish football. We are still going to see not taking chances. We are still going to see lazy Rashford. We are still going to see a lot of rubbish because those players, only a handful of those players, United squad, play for the badge. The others play to get paid. So your reason for no is because there's no passion from... No passion, no strive. The people that have passion, you can see there are those academy young boys, Scott McTominay. Nacho, those young boys, Casemiro, not young, but Casemiro, Amrabat. Amrabat said he can. He, if but when Amrabat can play in goal for us. I'm sorry, I'm going to pause you. I'm going to pause you here and ask this question. Did you say Casemiro and Amrabat? <laughs> but their performances on the pitch aren't necessarily showing that passion, though. Their performances on the pitch are not showing the passion because it's not a one man job. Okay, I get that, but if then... If you against Galatasaray, Casemiro created a lot of chances, stopped a lot of attacks, but he got a red card. Why? So it wasn't his fault. It was Onana's fault. But we're not talking about the, the Galatasaray just, game. We're I'm talking just, about the... The, the Brent um, game, he did not have the best of games, but at the end of the day, football is all, it's all, it's a form thing. I'm not saying he didn't play good. He still played good in some aspects, but it's not a one-man thing. But not only Casemiro can hold the whole midfield, right? The rest, Jalabant. So, and Amrabat, he gives, once he steps on the pitch, he gives his all. He may not play well, but you can see he's trying to give his all. He's still getting used to the Premier League atmosphere. He's trying his best, and I'll give him credit for that. And that is why I don't over-criticize Onana, because he has a big boot to fill. That's very true. Yes, that's very true. Because you cannot come and fill in for day here who has been in the club since before I started supporting them and he just just want to take over his legacy in like what nine ten games no you're going to start with a lot of storm good thing he's taking the responsibilities but he has big boots to fill people should give him time the same way Arsenal fans I've been telling them give Harvard's time and that, look, at, look at what happened last week Harvard set up a deflection but um yeah besides the point Give him time. He has a big boot to fill. Good thing we saw David De Gea back in Manchester. I don't know what he's doing in Manchester, but uh, yeah, at the women's game, yeah, you, you, the women's UEFA Champions League game against PSG, PSG yeah. women, yeah. Hopefully, he's here to give Casemiro some. Sorry, give Onana some shares and tips and whatsoever. Hopefully, we'll see some better Onana moments. Onana is a World Cup. I'm sorry, a Champions League finalist for a reason. Yeah, and you know, Tenka always says that he's always like he's he's played in the Champions League final. He's done this, he's done that, and you know. Anyways, Tenka. So you think Tenka has nothing to also do with that? Your no response. What do you mean, my no response? 
like when you said you don't think this is a turning point for United, you think Tank Hag is the reason for that? No. Honestly, I just I feel if you watch the game, you could see that okay, there were a lot like let's give it 60 minutes out of 90 minutes you could see that there was that bit of what then hard wanted from his players being acted out but it's all about taking your chances all about the final third manchester united in every game they create about minimum of like eight chances or they don't take it and when they don't take it this is premier league the other team will punish you for not taking it yeah definitely so definitely unless they sort out their finishing, because at the end of the day, the best way to defend is by attacking. Yeah. So at United, they do attack. They are known for counter-attacks. They are known for ruthless finishing, but we are not seeing that. We can see, we are seeing someone that is trying to fill up the boots. Rasmus Hoyland, he's trying. We saw this beautiful gameplay in Galatasaray. He's trying, but like I said, it's not a one-man job. You are not Cristiano Ronaldo. It's not a one-man job. We have to get Garnacho in there. Garnacho creates anytime Garnacho is on the ball. Manchester United fans, we are we out on the edge of our seats. But nowadays, when Rashford is on the ball, we are just saying pass, pass, pass. Because he's not on the form. But I don't see why Ten Hag is still starting a boy that is not on form. But moving on, please. Moving on. Yeah, I mean, I hope United can can see this. I I I think also. I don't think. I think the problem is more of an internal issue i don't think is external sorry i don't think is obviously players on the pitch affected and all that good stuff but i still think it's internal i hope they can get past this as i use this win this heroic win well not heroic yeah heroic win as a turning point let's move on to another game another game liverpool drew it brighton i watched that game i can't really tell you I think the only thing that I, I don't really have anything to say about Liverpool. I mean, I, I just don't have anything to say. I, I watched the game. I was, well, I don't really have anything to say. But from Brighton's standpoint, my question is, do you think Europa League is catching up to them? Do you think playing Thursday football, coming back Sunday is catching up to them? Mm, I just feel like they need a couple of more weeks to get used to it. Because you could see um, Newcastle against sorry yes Newcastle against West Ham because yeah. of Wednesday football it took them it had or Tuesday football whatever they had a slow start but they still came back into the game even though it was a bit slow or whatever they still came back into the game West Ham drew late on but it took them a while to kick it back in I mean West Ham too played Thursday football too so exactly that's so kind of you see that oh, the, game, the game was left early late early late so West Ham scored first quite an early goal then Newcastle kicked in scored and scored again and West Ham left it late Mohamed Kudus beautiful strike I mean that's another game but yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes so Brighton, they just need a couple more weeks to get used to that type of football and yeah you could see because both teams also had a Thursday football as well but you could see that Liverpool they are kind of used to it but Brighton gave them a game and Liverpool is not the Liverpool that we know or the Liverpool that teams are afraid of no this is just Liverpool they still score the goals yeah we give them that because Mohamed Salah is still there but I feel if this was last season if this was last three seasons Liverpool that game would have been finished before it started yeah and you know um, Salah's, Salah's finish was amazing by the way like the first goal Salah's finish was amazing that kid's name what's his name Um, Andigra that, that goal outside to, to 
get past Alisson. I mean, Alisson made the mistake, but that goal was something, though. Obviously, that was for him to think of taking that shot from there. I know Alisson was not on his line, but he didn't go for the dink. He went for a coiler. That was a brilliant shot. Yeah. And just transitioning, using the subject of great goals as a stepping stool, I want to talk about Everton for a minute. They beat um, Bournemouth 3-0. Did you see this guy's goal, Jack Harrison? Oh yes. my God. I think those are the only types of goals he scores. He doesn't score like normal. He doesn't score normal goals, no. He's just like a charisma. They don't score normal goals. For a minute, I forgot Everton actually signed him. Like when I was, I saw the, I was watching the highlights, the replays, and I was like, Jack Harrison, when did Everton sign on? I was like, what's going on? But then I remembered, oh yeah, they did sign him and then he was injured and all that stuff. But yeah, so Everton looked like they are getting the necessary wins, you know, those little wins against teams that are maybe on their level or slightly below them. Yeah. Yeah, they're kicking it back in. You can see, um, like I said, once Everton, they have their players back. Not like I said, but if they have their players back, everyone fit. They could be that underdog team that actually gives people problems. Because they have the quality. They have Dominic Avalon. They have Jack Harrison who play for Leeds. They have Abdullah Dukure. They they also have young and all of that. So they just need couple they just need everyone to be fit, honestly. Exactly. They need everyone to be fit, definitely. But I think it's to help Everton the most. And United. And United, yeah. United with all their injury challenges. Yeah. And then for Bournemouth, do you think changing their manager was a good thing? Obviously now they have this like their second loss back to back. What am I saying second loss? This is their third loss back to back they are just they just have three points sitting 19th on the table do you think changing their manager as they did was the right call I thought it was too early I thought it was too early to change the manager yeah yeah you're not getting the best of points but but there, there was te- technically there wasn't a reason for changing Gary O'Neill yeah because he was actually I'm not saying he was getting the results but he was you could see that okay he's bringing the, the good out of the players because he's done with Solanke scoring even though they're losing they're still scoring exactly now they're just seeing a non-attacking Bournemouth side yeah I mean I don't know Bournemouth hopefully you know I don't know I, I really don't know what to say about them but hopefully hopefully they get their stuff sorted out you know moving on obviously Wolves, Aston Villa. Can we? Is it safe to say Gary O'Neill is doing a a good amount of job with the very little resources he had? Mm, I'll say yes, yes, yes. I thought so too. I think considering Wolves didn't necessarily go into the market, didn't necessarily do much. He has given them a little bit of life. The fans are the fans are not because they are 14th now with eight points, two wins, two draws, four losses, obviously, but. Even with the little resources they have, they had coming into the season, he has done, I think he has done a nice job in making the fans forget that they didn't bring in anyone and all that stuff. Yeah, true. Because even Pep said they have recently quality they have up front, especially with that Asian boy. Did he, did he say Asian or Korean guy? Which feet which, which did he say? Well, he said the Korean. So he is a problem up front. Okay, let's move on. Obviously, Fulham, Sheffield, Fulham beat Sheffield 3-1. Fulham obviously look like they are going for the same thing they did last season, just trying to finish above the bottom half between that 10th and 7th spot. I, I don't really have anything to say concerning Fulham. Fulham will still be Fulham every every match. They play exciting football. Joe Paulinia will do his thing. 
William would do his thing. This guy Andre Pereira would do his would do his thing. Decode over Reed would do their thing. Bredeno would do their thing. So I'm not worried about Fulham. But Sheffield and this my, this question I have is not just for Sheffield. It's all it's for the three promoted teams. Do you think they are in trouble? My let me rephrase my question. How much trouble do you think these promoted teams are in? A lot, a yeah. lot, and I'll leave it at that. I mean, technically, the, the difference between looting 17th place and 20th place is three points. Sheffield make up Sheffield and Burnley both make up the bottom three, and looting follows right just right behind, level on point with Burnley. Each b- between three of the promoted teams, there have just been two wins in, in 24 games, two wins in 24 games. That's scary. That is very scary. I don't know. I don't know how you can survive as a as a team, as a promoted team in the Premier League with two win with two wins between three of you guys in twenty four games, one win in eight games, while reaching the marathon part of the season, and you are just one win. Nah, I don't know. That is looking scary. That's all I'm, That's literally all I can say. Okay, let's move on to the last game of the match week, the big one. City, sorry, Arsenal City. North London forever. Whatever the weather, the streets are our own. Okay. Anyways, what was your? I've obviously have my questions for the game, but what was your? What did you see from the game from both sides? I saw a lacking city team and I saw a comfortable Arsenal team. Okay. I like I like that analysis. And did you think both teams came respecting each other? Like the way they played? Do you think they both came, okay, we're going to sit back, respect these guys and see what happens from there? No, no, no. I feel that they came in and said, okay, we'll give them our football and they, we want them to play according to how we want them to play. Okay. So in other words, is cautious the right word to use? Were they both cautious or they were, it was just a game plan? Like, okay. I think they were more cautious because they now have what they usually have against teams like that. So it was a bit new for City to play a game like that. Yeah, I mean, every every show you hear, they were like, City played a kind of weird-ass game. Cause, and I mean, obviously, I know City is used to... I mean, obviously, they are, they currently have injuries and stuff like that. But they still... There wasn't any attacking life to their game. Like, other than that, Raya's chance with Alvarez. That Alvarez chance against Raya. I can't really tell you I saw City having any... Shot on goal. I don't even think they did because wow, they need they need Rodri. They need Rodri. This that was that was this is my that was one of my questions for you. I was going to ask that. That was one of my questions. And you could be a city team play without the Bruyne and they'll see play what they are playing. But without Rodri, you could just see that missing item that Bernardo Silva tried to fill, but at the end of the day, no, no one can fill it. Which was weird, though. Why did Pep decide to start Bernardo Silva in the six? Uh, is it is it lack of trust for Calvin Phillips, or what? What I, was going on there? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I think you have to have a press conference with Pep Guardiola asking that yourself. Because that was just really weird. I, I mean, is it that like he's lacking trust, or I don't know? I don't know, though. Like. I don't think it's fair to Calvin Phillips too because he's tried every, and you, obviously you think he's tried everything training and things like that and you have Pep has come out and said these things about him about how he hasn't done, done the best coaching with him you think that 
he should have a level of trust in him to start him in a game like this when they are lacking a six, but rather he starts Ben Silva. Does that make sense? Does it make sense? It doesn't, but how we do. But I mean, as I said, other than Arsenal stellar defending against Man City, City did have their usual attacking prowess to them, you know. So just it was just a really dead game for a minute. For a minute, I thought it would end a draw, and I was I was happy. To, I won't lie, I was happy to take it. Of course, you would be. Of course. But this ended. This ended a twelve. This win ended a twelve game loss against City. Twelve tries. But talking back all the way to two thousand eight. No, not two thousand eight. Two thousand. I can't remember the year though. Yeah, it's a, it's a long one, but oh, you guys have to be happy with the win because it keeps you in the, I'll not call it title race, but sitting comfortably in second place. Not even second place, basically first place with Tottenham. But if that if City won that game or maybe a draw, Tottenham would have had a little bit of a gap. So we have to give it to you guys for, you know, making your, your not London fans happy. 2015 was the last time Arsenal beat City. Wow. After, wow, that was in the Premier League though. Not not like FA Cup and MC Shield. We're talking Premier League. And this this is the first time since 2018 December that City have lost back-to-back league games. 2018 December, Spy, where were we? 2018 December, we were in Cherryfield College. Yeah, I'm, 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 like when I heard that style, I was like, but yeah, that's to show how good City have been and the level you have you have to rise as a team to be. Not to lose back-to-back games since 2018. But then, obviously, I think you have answered the first my first question, but I'll still ask it again. Do you think Rodri was the cause of how City... The loss of Rodri was the cause of how City have been playing? Oh. Or the second part of the question... According to Gary Neville, there's something called hang, um, treble hangover. Do you think it's the treble hangover? Treble hangover would have passed a long time ago, so no, I don't think it is. And yeah, you did you did say that last week, but I just had to ask because it's as I said, it's unusual to see a city team lose back to back games. So oh, it better start getting usual because <laughs> we need it to be happening. Yeah, exactly. Especially if we want Arsenal to win the league, we need to allow City need to start losing back-to-back games on the regular. Anyways, before we move on to the players of the each game of the match week, we are currently going into heading into an international break, and this is how the table looks going into the second international break of the season. Obviously, Spurs and Arsenal, first and second respectively, each with twenty points, just go goals for separating Arsenal and. Spurs, Spurs has 18 goals and Arsenal has 16. Then City follows suit with 18 points. Then Liverpool, Aston Villa, Brighton with 17, 16 points and 16 points respectively. West Ham follows in 7th. Then Newcastle not far behind. You have United and Chelsea 10th and 11th respectively. 12 points, 11 points to Chelsea 12 points to United. And then your bottom four, Luton Town, Burnley, Bournemouth and Sheffield make up your bottom four. How much change do you see happening on this table once we get back from the international break? That's a tough question. No, not, not much, honestly. Not much. In if, terms of the bottom or the top? In terms of the bottom. Okay. 
the top i just think uh probably after we play Tottenham up top and um that that pretty much it it does just some teams climbing and that's at least just it just it depends on the injuries because as we had saka is going through rehabilitation with his club okay as instructed with england so i don't really see that affecting us now maybe maybe it's just because of the fixture that they had definitely definitely you know so then moving on to the players of the game oh wait no lastly before i move on to that i had one question consistency the referees consistency do you think they are being consistent i mean looking if we open the page of referees on this podcast i think uh we might get banned so we should just let's just assume they are right let's just assume that the fans know what type of referees we are dealing with okay that's fair that's fair so your players of the game though let's starting with starting with looting spores at the end of the day it always comes down to if spores win the player of the game has to be Madison but this time I, I'll, I'll give it to Hoiberg okay I'm joking I'm joking I'm joking it stays at Madison it still stays that's, that's exactly why I thought too because I that, the way he turned that defender though Yes. I mean that's not the only reason, but like the way he to just just to highlight the way he turned that defender. Okay, Fulham Sheffield. Mm, I would say William. William, lovely. Burnley Chelsea. Burnley Chelsea Sterling. Mick, my United Brentford. I almost said McTominay. My United Brentford. You already said whose name is moving on. Everton Bournemouth. Um, the career. Sorry, Harrison. 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 Crystal Palace Forest. Obviously, that was a 0 0 game. Nothing really to talk about from there. Yeah. But your player of the game? I'll give it to John Stone. Okay. Sorry, Stone. Um, What's his name? John Stone. Johnston. 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 Whatever. Johnston. Yeah. Palace goalkeeper. Brighton Liverpool. Mohamed uh, Salah. West Ham Newcastle. Kudus. Kudus. More Kudus. Wolves Villa. Wolverhampton Villa. Hang Hang in Chang. Okay. And Arsenal City. Ben White. You know, there are, there, are, there are actually so many people to pick from for Arsenal okay, City. Okay, okay. Ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. I don't want to, I don't like speaking about I mean, Arsenal. I could say, I could say I William like, Saliba. I don't, like, I don't like speaking about Arsenal when they win. Gabriel yeah. Martinelli, Kai Havertz. I mean, I could just keep going, you know. They played, I mean, but Ben White, that's a fair shout out. That's a fair shout out to Ben White. Okay, now rounding up the show, do you want to give your predictions for the match week now or do you want to, do you want us to leave the fans hanging and then just right before we'll do an IG live kind of thing? Right before. I would love, I love the idea of an IG live. Of an IG live. So we we should just keep them to IG live. Yes. Okay, with that being said, that brings us to the end of another amazing episode. We appreciate you guys for listening to this episode. Another match will come and gone. Amazing match will come and gone. Next match week will be in two weeks' time. Yes, after the international break. We'll be in two weeks' time after the international break. So we'll see you guys after that match week. We won't have any we'll try to have something stuff for you guys next week. Probably just the IG live. But match week 9, Saturday, October 21st. We'll see you guys after that match week. Oh my God, there is a Monday game. (laughs) A fan of a Monday game? I'm not a fan of a Monday game. Spurs are playing Monday. Anyways, 
thank you guys for joining and tuning in we really appreciate you guys and appreciate all your support if you love international football please watch it i'm not a big fan of european qualifiers and all that stuff but watch it yeah and we'll see you guys after the international break spy anything to add please um just always turn your notifications on one of the mind of the fans podcast on Instagram, turn on your notifications because that Instagram live is going to be one of the best Instagram lives you're going to witness. Exactly. And um, just, yeah, just to reiterate on that, we're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, we're on every yeah, podcast po- platform streaming service, we're on all of it. So turn on your notifications for when an episode drops so that you miss it. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all your amazing friends and, as and always, family. Keep up the Good work. Yep. Keep up the good work. Have an amazing week ahead. We'll catch you guys next week. We're out.